From the Financial Times in London, I'm Liberty Martin and this is FT News. For generations, ambitious young Americans flock to a handful of the country's biggest cities, looking for opportunity in commercial hubs like New York, Los Angeles, Chicago and San Francisco. But millennials, the generation who came of age around the year 2000, are breaking the mould. Less cash-rich than their parents, they are moving away from the tech and financial hubs to quieter, more family-friendly cities and so redrawing the map of America. Andrew Edgecliff Johnson has been exploring this trend and he's with me on the line to discuss what he's discovered and we're also joined by Hannah Kutchler in San Francisco. So Andrew, your research for this story took you to Denver. Why? Well, I've been interested in this phenomenon of how millennials, the most interesting and important generation in our economy today, are making very different choices about where to live. And they're not flooding to the obvious places after college. They are choosing the second-tier cities, which have become incredibly vibrant. And so when I started to dig into the data, I kind of knew that Austin was very hip and was growing very fast. I'd been to Nashville about six months ago, and I knew that the skyline of that was changing really fast. But when I looked at the numbers, nowhere really tells the story quite as well as Denver. It's the biggest of all the second-tier cities to be seeing this growth in terms of the speed at which its millennial population has grown. And it's very clear, unlike Austin, that the millennial population has grown faster than the total population. It's also got a number of other things going for it. It's got a lot of universities there, so it has a very highly educated workforce. And it actually ranks highest of the 20 or so cities that Case Schiller tracks for how much its property market has bounced back from the financial crisis. So um, it's a great growth story, and I wanted to find out more about what's driving it. Right. So how has the city changed because of this influx of millennials? Well, it's pretty hip, I have to say. If you're spending time in Denver, you're going to eat really well. You're going to have a range of very hip coffees offered to you. You won't run out of kombucha if you want to go to a bar class or find, um, obviously, cannabis dispensary. You... um, you have plenty of options. There's a trivial, rather superficial change. There are some really nice places to hang out in downtown Denver. The more sort of serious point is that there's a gentrification going on, which has a downside as well as an upside. And part of that downside is an amazing change in the cost of living in Denver, which is excluding some populations. What populations are being excluded? You mentioned minorities in your article. Yeah. It's quite striking, actually, if you walk around the area near Union Station, which is one of these sort of millennial hotspots, which has been turned into this great sort of hangout now with you know, artfully arranged couches in the old ticket hall and lots of good bars and places selling hand-dipped ice cream and pastrami and all the rest. The African-American population in that district is just 1% of the total. The Hispanic population is about 9%. So it's very, very white in these most gentrified areas. And what's happening is that as apartment prices and house prices boom in downtown, these millennial migrants, as I'm calling them, these millennials who come in from the coasts, from California and New York and Chicago as well, are pushing into neighborhoods that were traditionally African-American or Hispanic. That pushes up not just property prices, but property taxes. So people who've grown up in those neighborhoods find it less and less affordable. So there's definitely a migration out of minority populations And also, there is an age change to the population. Millennials are much less likely to move to the suburbs when they start to have kids than the generation before them. So where are these minorities moving to? 
Aurora, uh, it's right next door to Denver, just to east. It's one of the most diverse cities in America. And that's certainly um, soaked up a lot of the African-American and Hispanic populations who've moved out of Denver itself. There are definitely places in the metro area which have benefited, if you like. Okay, so you mentioned Nashville and, of course, Denver. What other cities are experiencing this trend? Well, Colorado Springs, not too far away from Denver, it's actually seen the highest change in the millennial population of the largest 100 U.S. cities. We've got three or four major cities in Texas are absolutely booming. San Antonio is among them. It's not just about Austin. And there, Texas really does have a much more diverse population in its most successful millennial cities, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin as well. So it seems to have cracked that nut. Okay, very interesting. I'll move on to Hannah for a bit. Hannah, population growth in Silicon Valley has stalled because of the trend Andrew's been describing. Have you noticed any changes since you've been living in San Francisco? Yeah, it's actually really interesting to hear Andrew talk about choice and millennials moving for choice. When you're here in the Bay Area, which has obviously been a huge hub for job growth over the last few years, it doesn't feel like choice. You know, the rents here have risen. I mean, the first few years, I moved out here in 2013. The first few years, the rents were rising 20% year on year. And then since then, it's been sort of 5%, but from a very high base. The rents are higher here than they are in Manhattan. And with that comes all sorts of other problems. You know, the traffic is incredible. Often people are living in San Francisco and commuting to Silicon Valley, and it's taking an hour and a half each way. Because there's such bad inequality, you might be paying a huge amount either in rent or in house prices. I was at a party recently and someone was complaining that they'd put on a million dollar offer on a house and it had termites and the foundations were awful and they had to waive all their rights. And then they bid 40% higher than the million dollar asking price and they didn't even get a letter in reply because the housing market is so hot. And at the same time, you're spending all this money as a millennial if you have it. The inequality is so stark on the streets of San Francisco that it also cannot be a particularly pleasant place to live because there's a huge amount of homelessness. People complain about, you know, walking their kids past needles and human feces in the street. And so I can really understand why once you're established in a career, especially if you are in a career which allows remote working or your tech company has offices, more and more of them are opening offices in places like Denver and Austin and Portland, then you would choose to move out and get more space and better quality of life. You're a millennial and obviously still living in San Francisco. What's been your experience of life in the city? Well, so the thing about being a journalist is that you kind of can't up sticks and go and live somewhere in sub-second tier city where the big tech companies aren't. It's actually been very interesting being a non-tech worker in such a tech-focused city because while if you're a very well-qualified engineer, people are bidding up and up, you're seeing more and more cash. I've heard people complain that, you know, A startup is fighting Facebook for an engineer and they just slap on an extra $100,000 like it's nothing to their annual salary. So if you're an engineer, you're kind of in the market where people are competing and understanding that your living costs are rising. If you're a journalist or another tech worker, you're kind of in the middle. And then, of course, there are people that are trying to keep the city running. You know, there are the teachers and the postmen. And you really notice it feels like every cafe has a sign for help wanted because no one can really afford to be a waitstaff and live here. In fact, the cafes are often competing with receptionist jobs, which even a receptionist job at a tech company, you're earning about $80,000. And so it totally distorts the economy here. But if your work allowed you to move to somewhere smaller and less expensive, would you do so? I can see the temptation. I can see why people are doing it. I think it's interesting that 
It's being enabled by the ability to work remotely. And I think that will have interesting knock-on effects on how those secondary economies work. And I also think it's interesting, you know, as a tech correspondent, I'm fascinated in how the internet almost enables it socially and culturally. You used to move to a second-tier city and it was like you weren't getting the same kind of cultural experiences. You weren't part of the zeitgeist in the same way. And now, because, you know, everyone is watching the same documentaries on Netflix and whatever, you're actually more part of the kind of cultural landscape of the country without living in New York. Very interesting. So moving back to Andrew, as Hannah said, the changing nature of work in the 21st century makes it easier to work anywhere. Do you think this means the trend towards smaller cities will continue or will the lure of the big city win out? I think Hannah captured it very well. There are some jobs where proximity to these big concentrations of people who are doing the same thing as you are is still important. But the days when you had to be within walking distance of Wall Street or within driving distance of Silicon Valley to understand finance or tech are over, I think. And we journalists may be a little bit unusual in still needing to cling to these big traditional hubs. They still work very well, but I think if you live in a place like Denver with a good international airport, with fast broadband, and increasingly with companies like Amazon, Google, and others moving into the city, even if it's just their second headquarters rather than their main one, then I think the options are broadening. But this is a, I think this is going to be a big question, not just for us as individuals, but for our employers. You know, where are they going to place their headquarters and their people? It's getting increasingly expensive to keep people in places like San Francisco and New York. So that's how America's being redrawn, where industry is being placed. Yeah, I think the map of America is already being redrawn by millennials. They've led the charge. But I think we're now seeing corporate America start to follow the talent. Okay. Well, thank you, Andrew, and thank you, Hannah. And if you'd like to read more on the story, follow the link in our show notes or go to ft.com forward slash millennial moment. Goodbye for now. Hello, we're rethinking our podcast strategy here at the Financial Times and we'd love to hear your views. We're asking listeners to rate our podcast and to tell us what you like and don't like about our shows. To contribute to our survey, follow the link in our show notes or go to ft.com forward slash podcast feedback to enter our prize draw to win £500 or the equivalent in dollars. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.